0: said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in Heaven. Let your light shine.
1: The time is short and the need to share our faith has never been more apparent. Today Pastor Greg Laurie points out our marching orders.
0: How are we to live in light of the fact that Christ could come back at any moment? We should be a shining light in a dark place. A little light goes a long way. We need to let our light shine. This
1: is night, a human eye can detect a match being struck from miles away. The darker the environment, the more a small light can make an impact. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the vital importance of letting our light shine in this dark, sinful culture. We're in a five-part series called The End of the World. What does the Bible say? Considering the rapture, the antichrist, Armageddon, and the second coming.
0: What is the rapture? The rapture is that moment when Christ descends from heaven and we're caught up to meet him. It is at this moment that we receive our new resurrection bodies, and it's also at this moment that we are reunited with loved ones who have preceded us. And here's the main text that we often go to uh, for this teaching. It's First Thessalonians 4, verse 16. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and will always be there with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now, how should I live in light of the fact that Christ could come back at any time? Let me ask you this, if you knew somehow, we couldn't know this, but let's say for the sake of a point we could. If you knew somehow that Jesus was coming back today at three o'clock in the afternoon, I think we would all be living, breathing saints at 2.45, don't you? (laughs) We'd be wearing our Sunday morning smiles and our come quickly Jesus attitude. Wow, 15 minutes and it's gonna happen. But we don't know when that day is going to be. So we need to live every day as though it could be the day that Christ returns. Amen. The great evangelist D.L. Moody was once asked the question, Moody, if you knew that Christ would return tonight, how would you spend the rest of the day? Moody replied, and I quote, I wouldn't do anything different than I do every day, end quote. That's how we ought to live. So here now are the words of Jesus to people who are waiting for the return of the Lord and what we ought to be doing and what we ought to not be doing. Let's read Luke chapter 12. I'm gonna start with verse 36. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus says, Be dressed for service. Keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. We'll stop there. Now, it's hard for us to wrap our mind around what Jesus is saying, because this is a first century wedding. Weddings back in those days were a lot different than they are today. Uh, For instance, a wedding today may last for, you know, two hours at the most, uh, and it can cost a lot of money, thousands, sometimes even millions of dollars. Kathy and I, we had a hippie wedding. It cost like $80, okay, so. (laughs) But hey, it may not have cost a lot, that hippie wedding, but we're going 50 years strong, so that counts for something. But back in the first century, in Bible times, weddings were different. They could go on for a week or longer. And the sort of fun element was you never knew when the groom was going to appear. So it could happen in the morning, or the afternoon, or the evening. A cry would go out, the bridegroom is coming. And if you weren't ready, you would miss the wedding. Right? Snooze, you lose. So that's the backdrop of what Jesus is saying to how are we to live in light of the fact that Christ could come back at any moment. Point number one: we should be a shining light in a dark place. We should be a shining light in a dark place. Look at verse thirty-five: be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. Uh, The King James Version puts it this way. Let your waist be girded and your lamp burning. What does that mean? Well, back in those days, they wore long flowing robes. So to gird your waist simply meant that you cinched your robe up above your knees, giving you freedom of movement and mobility. To have your lamp burning just meant you had oil in your lamp. So back in those days, their version of a flashlight was a little saucer with some oil in it, and a floating wick. And they'd just walk around holding it in front of them. And as we read in scripture, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You'd sort of light your way. That was their version of a flashlight. So if we were to update this statement, it would be like, um, have fresh batteries in your flashlight and make sure your cell phone is fully charged. (laughs) Because most of us don't carry flashlights anymore. We just use the flashlight feature on our phone, right? And I don't know about you, but my cell phone is always drained. I'm always plugging it in and recharging it. So this is the idea. It just mainly means be ready. To let your light shine. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. Here's the problem. Sometimes in the church, we're more known for what we're against than what we're for. And let me frame that. There is a time to speak out against evil. There is a time to say, that's wrong. There is a time to speak out to the wickedness and culture which is so prevalent right now. But at the same time, our primary energy should be expended into the proclamation of the gospel because that is the only thing that will change a human heart, the only thing. So we should be looking for him, watching for him. Point number two, verse 37. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. You know, a Christian can hold a Bible in one hand. They can hold a newspaper. Do people even read newspapers anymore? They can hold a news site uh, on their phone or whatever in the other hand. And you can see how these things are happening in our lifetime. So many fulfillments of Bible prophecy. The emergence of China as a major military and economic superpower. Is that spoken of in Scripture? I believe it is, I'll tell you why next time. Also the decline of the United States as a superpower. Is that spoken of Scripture? It may be. The isolation of and hostility toward Israel. Is that spoken of in Scripture? 100%. The emergence of Iran as a terrorist nation Desiring the complete annihilation of the Jewish nation. Is that spoken of in scripture? 100%. The prevalence of wickedness and depravity. Is that spoken of in scripture? Yes it is. Random acts of violence. Is that spoken of in the Bible? Yes, these are all signs of the times. So we need to be ready to go.
1: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a timely message about God's plan for the end times and specifically when the Lord returns for His church in the rapture. We're in Luke chapter 12.
0: We should be anxiously awaiting His return. Anxiously awaiting His return. Verse 36, be like those who wait for their master who will return from the wedding and they will open to Him immediately anxiously awaiting his return. These things that I'm sharing with you right now, if they scare you a little bit, if they cause you to be alarmed, worried, "Mm, maybe something's not right in your life spiritually. But if you get excited and you say, I can't wait, then that would indicate to me you are where you ought to be spiritually. But you should want to immediately open the door. Have you ever had someone coming to visit you? Maybe it was a friend or a relative and, And they're coming to your house and they text, we just landed and we're getting our luggage. We're in the car, we're on our way. We're in your neighborhood. We're pulling up to your house. You can't wait and you look through the window and here they come walking up your stairs and you open the door before they can even knock on it. You're anxiously awaiting their return. That's how we should be as we look at the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Point number five, we should not only be waiting, we should also be working. Working, verse 43, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Watching for the Lord's return will help us prepare our own lives, but working will assure we bring others with us. And notice he says in verse 43, blessed is that servant. The word blessed could be translated happy is that servant. <laughs> See, it's not a miserable, repressive, confining way to live looking forward to the return of Christ. It's something that's joyful. That's how we all should be as we wait for him to come back again. Now, in contrast to this believer who's ready, here's a person who appears to be a believer but is not one at all who's not ready. Look at Luke 12, verse 45. But if that servant says in his heart, my master's delaying is coming, it begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. The master of the servant will come in a day when he is not looking for him." Wow. This person appears to be a believer. They're called a servant, but they're a disobedient servant. Saying you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? And there are people today that profess to be Christians but are living an ungodly life. This is what's happening here. But it's interesting that they're called a servant. Listen to this. One of the easiest places to get a hardened heart against God is in the church. What? Oh yeah, in the church. Because the same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. The same truth that transforms one life can cause another to say, I know this, I've heard this, and you have no willingness to make any changes in your life. Listen, the greatest inoculation against the gospel is the gospel heard but not heeded. So when you are going to travel overseas, you might get a shot to be inoculated, yeah, in effect, they put a little bit of that sickness into your body to build your immunity up for it in case you're exposed to it. And in the same way, you hear the gospel over and over again. And if you don't respond to it, your heart can actually get hard. That appears to be the case in the story before us here. This person has a hard heart. And verse 47 says they know what their master wants, but they're not prepared to carry out those instructions, and they will be punished. It even says that they're getting drunk. Some people are living a a lifestyle of getting drunk and partying and and disobeying God. And you will be caught unaware. And this is not the way you wanna be living as you wait for the return of the Lord. A Christian should never get drunk. Should I say that? The Bible's so clear about this. I don't wanna be under the control of the spirits. I wanna be under the control of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine that leads to excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's conclude. Jesus is coming. We need to be ready. Number one, we should be shining lights in a dark place. Number two, we should be watching for Him. Number three, we should be ready to go. Number four, we should be anxiously awaiting His return. And lastly, we should be working. What if this were your last day on earth? What if Christ were to come tonight? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, caught up to meet the Lord in the air, Jesus said, two will be in a field, one will be taken, and the other left. Two will be laying in a bed, one will be taken, and the other left. Years ago, when we were newly married, Kathy and I were laying in bed. It's okay, we were married. And... um, We're talking about the rapture. And Kathy says, Greg, imagine how exciting it would be. We would be laying here in bed, and suddenly we'd be caught up into the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine as she's saying this? I have a devious thought. (laughs) I thought it would really be funny to slip quietly out of the bed, which I did. And I'm laying on the floor. She's still talking about it. Greg, just think we'd we'd be in heaven together. Greg, 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 she screams. I'm laying on the floor laughing. Don't try this at home. I'm a professional, a professional idiot. But that's a joke, but it will happen to a generation of people that one will be taken and the other left. What would happen to you if the Lord were to come back? Would you be taken or would you be left behind? That's entirely up to us. As I said earlier, we decide in this life where we will spend the afterlife. You don't decide later, you decide now. And there's only two ways we're gonna leave this world, either through death or rapture. So the Bible says, prepare to meet your God. You wanna be ready to meet God. Are you ready to meet God if Christ were to come back tonight? Would you be caught up to meet him in the air? Or would you be like one of those wicked people living a compromised life that would be left behind? Listen, that can all change because Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And he paid the price for every wrong you've ever done. And if you will turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, you can be forgiven. And you can be given a fresh start, a new beginning. And Jesus rose from the dead three days later, and he stands now at the door of our life, and he knocks and says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. In a moment, we're gonna pray, and I'm going to extend the invitation to anybody here who is not sure if their life is right with God or not. You're not certain you would be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. You don't know if you're ready for the rapture. Or maybe you're living a compromised life. You're doing things you know you should not be doing as a follower of Jesus. And you can make a recommitment to him. So we're gonna pray. And I'm going to extend an invitation for you to get right with God. Let's all bow our heads. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince every person listening to this of their need for Jesus and help them to come to you and believe. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.
1: An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie today here on A New Beginning. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you make that change with a simple prayer right now.
0: A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that Christ himself has come to live inside of you. And I have a resource I want to send you. It's called the New Believer's Bible. So the New Believers Bible is the New Testament in the New Living Translation with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you are making to follow Christ. There's some other materials included as well in what we call the New Believers Growth Pack, but let me get this New Believers Bible into your hands as quickly as possible.
1: That's right. Just ask for a New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time, we're introduced to a dark, rather mysterious person known as the Antichrist. We'll dig into what God's Word says next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called What is the rapture and why it matters? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media, station sponsor.